Brace yourself, we're talking about the E-word. Yep, the economy. Like a double helix, something so inextricably linked to COVID-19. So what is the economic forecast? Well, hold on tight. Do we have some numbers for you? From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. What's a billion dollars here or there? Or let's double or treble that. Why not? Thanks to COVID-19, our economy has gone to the dogs, and all we seem to hear about these days are shock and horror figures that will apparently keep us in debt for generations. But what's the truth behind the numbers? At Sound Cartel, we're lucky enough to have access to one of Australia's most experienced and respected economists. Neville Norman is Associate Professor of Economics at Melbourne University. His independent analyses have been sought and trusted by governments and big business for decades. And for us, Neville explains the big picture in words that make sense for small business too. As COVID wreaks havoc on our economy, Neville refuses to be pinned down to a single set of numbers for what lies ahead. And he doesn't mince words about those who do. Instead, he prefers to offer us three potential scenarios, ranging from most likely to most hopeful to dire, depending on how long the virus and business restrictions continue. Most of all, though, he says, his forecasts must be business relevant so we can all gain value from them, as he explains to Heather Dawson. What I might give you is interesting to listen to, but it's not good enough unless it adds value to your business, how you plan ahead. And if I don't repeat hackneyed news like, oh, we've just had the biggest single quarter dip in GDP numbers and we've got a recession. Oh, my God, everybody knows that. And soon we'll get a delayed federal budget that the Treasury would rather not have to deliver. Well, my tip is watch it live and turn the sound off and see whether the Treasury really means it. But I've got a challenge for you. When did any of your advisors tell you how they got their advice, especially any numbers that you use for your business, like projections of your profit and loss and sales? And when did you question how economic forecasts that you read in the newspapers or hear otherwise have actually got there? Now, that includes the Federal Treasurer and the Reserve Bank, who just blurt out these numbers. If you take the first practical step that I'm suggesting for you, ask me for my answer, and this is it. Put simply, 70% of your forecasting energy should be studying the virus. It's the virus that drives the damaging restrictions. 30% on crude arithmetic, for example. If airlines and hotels and others that have really caught the brunt of this are about 10% of the economy and they've had an 80% reduction, then 8% of the GDP in the economy has gone. And that will get you closer to understanding what's happened with that monster dip than all the economic models in the world. So you'll soon read these forecasts in the Scope Survey, be published in early October, just ahead of the budget, and mine are in there as well. But I defy you to find anything in there that tells anything about any of the numbers that any of us give you. Step two for you, interrogate all your own business advisors about how and where they get their numbers and any other advice for you. Business accountants, get ready for the questions. 
Okay. Well, Neville, using your fully disclosed methods, tell us your latest numbers and views on economic destiny from here. Well, we want the numbers and I'm happy to give them consistently. I have to tell you what I think about the virus first, and this changes. If you go back over the start of the year, you'll find we assumed it wouldn't do much and then it'll do more. And now, of course, A, it's come back, particularly in Victoria, but it's receding a little. Here are the scenarios. Number one, the most likely one, the virus cases and deaths fall further, particularly in Victoria, but still run into 2021, and the restrictions that damage businesses hang on partly relaxed into next year. Scenario two, the virus and restrictions are largely gone by this Christmas. Well, that's the hopeful one. Scenario three, the other way, bad news returns and business butchering restrictions are back on and stay well into 2021. That is the harsh one, but don't count it out. Now, in all of these, growth, jobs and the budget deficit will continue to suffer and that will have consequences except for scenario two, which is much more providential. Real GDP growth. In the year we're now in, ending June next year, 2.5% positive, but remember it's coming out of a dip, and 42 for the next year. Wage price index, 2% and 3% respectively. Unemployment rate as high as 11% of the workforce by June next year and down to 9% the next year, so hanging around for a long time. The federal budget deficit, on which more later. Just use round numbers. Precision is ridiculous. Something like $190 billion for the excess of expenditure over tax receipts for the year ending in June next year, but then receding to 130 but hanging around for a long time. The Reserve Bank cash rate, well, my working assumption is they'd know where to go with this, just zero the whole way or close to it. House prices, up in Sydney more than Melbourne, 5% over this year, Melbourne flat at zero, and in the following year, 5% up in Sydney again, and Melbourne coming back. Now, that's scenario one. Briefly, if we have the more providential scenario with the virus going by Christmas, the growth up to 45 and 4%, the wage price index up to 3 and 4 unemployment not as bad, 7% and 5.5 for the next two years respectively, at the end of the year, and the budget deficit, nothing much can stop it being a monster. We'll come back to that with the financing. Instead of 190, 150, and instead of 130, about 90. Cash rate, nothing changes that. There's nowhere to go with it. They could go minus, and they will in the adverse scenario. And house prices up a bit more, eight and five for the next two years in Sydney, and three and five for Melbourne. Now, under the bad scenario, Scenario three, the real GDP growth goes to minus five for this year and then flattening at zero. One percent for wage prices, unemployment rate as high as 13 to 15 percent, but then back to 11 percent. So a virus hanging around causes governments to leave this on and you must talk about the virus in any forecasting which lies behind all the drivers of this economic damage cash rate minus two and house prices falling under this bad one, down five and then flat in Sydney and down eight and then flat for Melbourne. Well, Neville, it is official. You mentioned it just now anyway, that uh, we've got a recession and some people might not even have any experience of a recession. So what can we expect and how scary can it really be? 
First of all, look at history. The 1930s was a depression, and this is bordering on it. The technical statistical definition is two consecutive quarters of minus. Uh, let's be sensible about that. You could have minus a half and a minus and a half as a recession, but look at the extent of it. If you had a drop of 10%, which is a monster, a tenth of the economy disappears, and then back to normal, that's not a recession, but really that does more damage than the two that are. But whatever label you use for it, this has been predicted as soon as these restrictions went on in March of this year, it was a certainty, as we said, that there was going to be a deep dip in real economic activity. And that means your sales are going to be affected, some more than others, jobs are going to go, and the government's got a choice. And I just simply add that if there hadn't been things like Job Seeker and others that lie behind the deficit that many people are now criticising, it would have been a lot worse. So it's a certain recession. From March to May, it always was going to be. It's just taken a delay to get the numbers. And we're going to have this flat activity for at least the rest of the year. You can look at my numbers on that. Okay. Well, finally, Neville, what about finance, including financing huge deficits? Bit of mixed news here, Heather, some of it good. Nobody will be paying very much for money that they borrow. High interest rates will occur. I've got a prediction for you. They will occur exactly the same time as the federal budget gets back into surplus, as promised last year by the Treasurer, the same time as the mighty Western Bulldogs win the flag again around 2045. So get ready for that one, and I'm ready to be held to it. <laughs> now, extremists will confront the public with what a bad thing it is to have all this debt. You shouldn't have had the job seekers and so on. And they'll be giving you figures of debt to income for the economy. That's GDP or national income. This is irresponsible rubbish. Please put it in the bin where it deserves to be and don't listen to it. Equally, looking at your debt to your income is no way to judge your capacity to meet that debt. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Nothing will stop it. I predict that this will flood in and irresponsible journalists and irresponsible readers will lose sleepless nights over it. Servicing ratios on the actual payments for government, businesses and others remain comfortable. Speaking of that, our federal government gets an irresponsible pretentious precision award for its projection of next year's budget. You would have seen it. Here's the forecast. $184.5 billion looked at before we've even got a number to even guide us. What all that means is that it could easily go 50 billion more or less, higher or lower than this. The decimal point is, note this, a pointless shocker. Beware that debates about this gripping situation may generate also enough rubbish, including what I predict will be the silliest debate about tax, because the government will be flagging all forms of tax options, and insofar as they're driven by a need to close the gap by a massive increase in taxes, it's unwarranted rubbish like the decimal point. So leave room for those answers that you might get and force anyone to disclose how they give you their numbers. That's the most important positive contribution I can make and saying interrogate everybody who makes a representation about the economy or your business, including your accountants, but please don't stop using them. That was Neville Norman, Associate Professor of Economics at Melbourne University.
This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole Goodman. We'll bring you more B Daily tomorrow. Follow at BE Daily Podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily Podcast. Sound Cartel.